Well, as we wave goodbye to the Aussie summer of cricket, we are in the middle of a fantastic test series on the subcontinent at the moment. India and England are locked 1-1 ahead of the third test starting today. And the combination of England's aggressive approach with Indian conditions has made for riveting viewing. Uh, Bharat Sundarason is with us ahead of the start of play. 3 p.m. our time, I think, Bharat. Great to chat again. Uh, good morning, Sam. Uh, yeah, it's always good to chat with you. And yeah, as you said uh, right there, uh, it's been a fascinating test series. And uh, in a way, it was great that England won the first test, but uh, it, it got even more exciting now that India have come back into the series. Yeah, so how have you taken it in thus far? Because England's uh, remarkable fight back in the series opener sort of poked the bear somewhat, didn't it? And then there was India's pretty solid response in the second. Yeah, but uh, in many ways, England did give them a fright in the second test as mm. well, didn't they? Uh, because after uh, Justice Bumrah blew them away in the first innings, you thought uh, India had it easy and they'd just pile on the runs and uh, win by a big margin. Well, they did win by, by a big margin, but uh, you could see that this baseball approach uh, was affecting Rohit Sharma and his team. Uh, there were times when Zach Crawley was batting in that run chase where, as improbable as it looked, uh, India did look a little worried. So uh, I think uh, I felt like, you know, whether you like it or not, uh, England's current approach to playing test cricket would give them uh, as good a chance as any to do well in India. Uh, and it's been proven right. I mean, they backed themselves. And uh, against those Indian cricketers, Indian cricketers in their conditions, I guess that's the way to go as well. Yeah, I'm with you. For so for so long and so often we see teams retreating into their shell over there, don't we? Particularly with the bat. It's great to see England fighting fire with fire. And as, as a viewer, we're all the better for it. Uh, Barrett Sunderation's with us for Henley Homes. Henley paying a thousand bucks a month off your home loan for two years. So this third test, Barrett, big stakes here and some big milestones as well. So Ravi Ashwin is about to take his 500th wicket. It's Ben Stokes' 100th test. And Jimmy Anderson's closing in on 700 scalps as well. Uh, it's crazy. The last stat in particular <laughs> that Jimmy Anderson is still going strong, right? You, um, and I guess at this rate, he's had um, as many changes in terms of hair color as he has test wickets. Uh, because every time you look at him, uh, he's gone from the blue to the bleach blonde to, uh, I don't know what to call it. He looks like uh, one of those North Indian Indian uncles right now with <laughs> his current uh, hairdo. But uh, you're right. I mean, he's just uh, a phenomenal. Uh, Jimmy Anderson just wheels away. And interesting that England have gone for the second seamer as well. Kind of tells you, uh, uh, I think, and, and it has a lot to do with how well Jimmy Anderson went in that second test. And, you know, England have realized that uh, as much as they're back there in experienced spinners, uh, they need that second spinner, uh, second seamer, just to mm. uh, give them some some control. Our uh, Ashwin is a, is a great stat, right? I was just doing some. I had the tweet ready, Sam. I had the tweet ready, and he just uh, what the uh, decision was overturned, wasn't it? <laughs> when he yeah. did take his, or he thought he took his fine that wicket because it's amazing the journey him and Nathan Lyon have been on. I mean, they make their test debuts, uh, what two three months apart from each other, and you look at uh, I looked at each of their major milestones like the hundred wicket and the two hundred wicket and so on, um, and they've never gone more than four or five months uh, apart. All those records have been achieved by them. There have been times when Ashwin got there earlier than Lyon, and other times when Lyon's got there ahead of Ashwin. But uh, it's been a fabulous ride for uh, those two world-class off spinners, and I mean we'll see them taking on each other later this year on on, on Australian soil. Uh, but yeah, I mean, remarkable. Yes, he's taken a lot of wickets in India, but um, still, to get to 500 test wickets, and, and, and who knows how many more uh, he 
will take uh, going forward. Well, I hope you've still got that Ashwin tweet in your drafts and it's at uh, close reach. <laughs> it is, it is. Good. Yeah, I think... It certainly <laughs> is. It still looks, it, look, it, it still will make for interesting reading. Yeah, I, I think you're going to need it soon. Uh, and as you mentioned, England picking the two seamers, so Mark Wood recalled for the third test. I guess the series has also, Barat, offered a, a peek into what a future without Virat Kohli looks like. He averaged 55 with the bat last year, has made himself unavailable for the entire series, which is, uh, I guess, as a footnote, uh, the one shame in the series thus far. Yeah, I mean, uh, just add Virat Kohli, even if he hadn't scored too many runs, uh, just the Virat Kohli-ness he brings to every game of cricket he plays uh, would have just added that extra spunk and... uh, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of um, uh, RG between R. Ashwin and Jimmy Anderson uh, during the second test. Something like that would have really picked Virat up and he would have really been in the fight even more. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, our thoughts and prayers with whatever he's dealing with right now on a personal front. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's taken a bit away from, from it. And, and it also, like you said, meant that uh, India's next rung of batters who... Uh, you know, for the, for the longest time, it, it's been taken for granted that India will continue to produce world-class batters. But as we are seeing now, I mean, Sir Fraz has had to wait a long time before what should be his potential debut. I mean, I remember writing about him for the first time nearly 14 years ago. And here he is as a 26-year-old about to what looks like make his test debut. Uh, we saw a bit of Patidar in the last test. He's had to wait a long time as well. Uh, and and maybe uh, you know India are at a stage where um, Australia are finding themselves as well, or will as soon enough anyway, in that transition where you the next rung of batters seem to come uh, need to come through and you know really fill up these big shoes that will be left behind. Yeah, so it's still listed as personal reasons, yeah, for Virat. It it is it is yeah. I mean, uh, look, there are so many uh, rumors yeah. going around, but. I mean, it's obviously not none of our business to get involved with them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it clearly is something that uh, it has to be something very uh, personal and maybe serious as well to keep him away from uh, Test cricket because you know how much he loves being in the fight, being in the big battle. But what we've learned in the last few years also is like family means a lot more to him. And uh, I think it's just prioritized him. And it's, I think really made him a more well-rounded person overall. What I love about the big test series with the big test nations in India, Bharat, is that it always feels like things are bubbling away, whether it be on the pitch, off the pitch. Now, we've had more visa issues as well, unbelievably, and they remain with the leg spinner, Rian Ahmed. Now, this is a little bit different to pre-series. Um, this one involved England's break in Abu Dhabi, and, and England have described it as a discrepancy in Ahmed's visa that uh, when the squad returned to India from their break in the UAE that he wasn't allowed in. I think he had a single entry visa, but geez, it all just bubbles yeah. away in the background, doesn't it? <laughs> Always does. And it's it's not so much like what happens during the Ashes in England where the, where the media are creating a lot of drama behind the scenes, like the English media, that is. Uh, this is just like, you know, I mean, life in India really is chaotic, as you know. Mm. <laughs> and especially you add a, the scrutiny of a major test series like this. And then you add the English media to the mix. Uh, it just makes for a lot of news copy. Uh, and like you said, uh, you know, glad, I'm glad that Rehan Ahmed is available and uh, will play this test. Uh, he's been named in the playing eleven. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this it's never it's never straightforward. Uh, and what surprises me is how it's always mentioned very clearly in your visa 
whatever visa is it whether it's single entry or multiple entry i couldn't believe that they didn't know what it was yeah. till he came back from abu dhabi again but adds to the story doesn't it yeah speaking of stories there's an awesome one happening over there at the moment um before we leave this series tom hartley what a start 14 wickets in two tests he's doing it with the bat a bit as well and they've written songs about him the barmy army he's he's got a cult following after two tests he certainly does. I mean, you could almost put it on par with Shama Joseph, right? I mean, both of them took yeah. um, uh, seven wickets uh, to to win a test match for their country. Hartley in his first test, Shama in his second test. And, and you see what's happened to Shama since. He's got an IPL deal. Uh, he, he's been getting stands named after him back home in Guyana. And similarly with Tom Hartley, both came from nowhere, right? Both 24 years of age. Uh, and both had like, very interesting entries into international cricket or test cricket anyway. So, uh, no, and he's honestly uh, held his own uh, alongside or against the likes of uh, Ashwin and uh, Aksar Patel. Jareja is back for this test on his uh, uh, home ground. But uh, very, very impressive. And I, I know it's sad that Jack Leach is back home with another injury. But I can't see how they pick anyone ahead of Tom, Tom Hartley even once uh, you know England return home and have their home summer. Let's chat about South Africa and New Zealand. And you're getting over to New Zealand shortly. I want to get to that. But South Africa, look, they've made a mockery of Test Match Cricket with their selection for the Tour of New Zealand, let's be honest. But smashed in the first Test. And yet, I see they're on top, Barat, perhaps narrowly on top in the second. A first innings lead. And, oh, look, they're fighting in the second. uh, Two for 37, I think, at last check with a lead of 68. So they're actually acquitting themselves quite well in the second Test. It's becoming a case of like, we saw that with the West Indies here as well, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, we speak so much about what's happened behind the scenes and what led to um, so West Indies and South Africa sending these these uh, very, I mean, relatively unknown players or picking them in their squad. Uh, but you can see by the way some of those West Indian players played, uh, and not just Shamar, but even the, the likes of Hodge and Gibbs who'd had to wait a long time to get this chance. And if you're seeing it with some of these South Africans as well, I mean, the hunger to play international cricket, when especially when maybe you thought your time had either come and gone or it would never come. I mean, look at their captain, Neil Brand, still fighting away uh, in the second innings. And Dane Pete, what a great story he is. I mean, he moved, his, moved away from South Africa, goes to the US, um, has started doing some coaching as well, some commentary, and he's playing test cricket and taking a five-wicket haul uh, in New Zealand conditions. So, uh, it, it makes for better stories in, in some ways. Uh, at times, you can just get used to as cricket writers and journalists kind of in, in, in get, getting into that flow of writing about the same people and same kind of narratives over and over again. But, I mean, as uh, as much of a danger sign or a warning sign as this was seen as for the future of Test cricket, um, some of these names, I think... Uh, or some of these guys have made a name for themselves, and I think we will remember them very fondly. Yeah, indeed. Now, the Aussies are uh, departing for New Zealand, of course, the three T20s and a, and a pair of tests, and you're going to be there, Barat, for us, which is fantastic. Um, uh, speaking of names, I just saw your tweet earlier. Um, what a cricketer this Rachin Ravindra is. Every time you turn on the TV, he's either celebrating a century or a wicket with his curly mane jumping all over the place. <laughs> He is, isn't he? I mean, you know, he came to the World Cup as an outsider. He wasn't even supposed to play. They didn't know what role uh, he was supposed to play in the side. Uh, Bat number seven, maybe bowl a bit of spin. And then Williamson gets injured. He goes to the top of the order, starts making hundreds for fun. Um, You know, nearly ends that World Cup as the leading run-getter. 
and then is brought back into the test side again in a very different role to the way to the to what he played when he made his test debut a couple of years ago uh, and he makes that big double hundred last last week and here he takes four wickets and again even today i mean when i tweeted that out new zealand out south africa seem to be making uh, a good fist of their second innings and then he comes and breaks the partnership in what seven balls so <laughs> there's just something very special about him and, and the hair always helps it's always bouncing it's uh, always in fine fettle and you know me and hair i always have a point to make about uh, someone else's mane as always <laughs> that's right that's right yeah you're as educated as anyone to speak about it Barry. um but there's plenty of time to, to preview the test. I just wanted to, before we let you go, ask you about these these three T20s because it's pretty much Australia's, well, they are, last three matches before it needs to lock in a 15-player squad for this year's T20 World Cup over in the US and the West Indies. So you would expect this to be, well, if not the, then very close to a full dress rehearsal in New Zealand, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, and I think uh, I remember asking George Bailey when they announced the T20 squad for the West Indies and he mentioned the New Zealand series as well. And he said they're, what, 90% or so yeah. uh, uh, confident of what their squad will be. And I guess at the end of the New Zealand series, I think 14 out of 15 players you'll, will be certain. Uh, but there's still the IPL to go and IPL performances mm-hmm. will count for something considering the conditions you'll find in the West Indies will be similar to what you will uh, in India or some of the conditions in India. So I think maybe there's, there'll be one spot which could get uh, cemented at the end of the IPL or someone really puts their hand up because a lot of the probables for Australia uh, or for that squad will be in the IPL. But but you're right. I mean, we'll get a, a glimpse like Steve Smith. Well, uh, will he find a place in that side? Uh, because the only place I can see for him is at the top of the order. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be... Uh, a, 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 an interesting series, a fun series to watch, but also uh, will tell us like who Australia will take to the Caribbean slash USA. So am I right to assume, just before I let you go, that the biggest, I guess, source of intrigue with this will be just two partners, David Warner at the top? Uh, you'd think so, and maybe the identity of the fourth fast bowler on that side. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's intriguing, right? Cummins and Stark haven't played a T20 since that last World Cup, but they've just gone for some insane numbers in the IPL auction. Uh, so, well, you you think that they will be part of that uh, World Cup squad. It is Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark after all. Uh, but I guess it, it's that fourth seamer. I mean, do you stick with Jason Berendorf, who just picked up a T20 award recently? Um, does Spencer Johnson get a go? I think those will be some decisions. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, from a batting sense, it will be uh, whether Steve Smith finds a place because uh, I think they made it pretty clear that if he doesn't open, uh, he might struggle to be in the squad. And Warner and Travis Head are up there. Mitchell Marsh, maybe number three. So um, some some intrigue in going into that series. Uh, and it should be a good one. New Zealand, Australia, always fun. Should be great. Barad, is New Zealand ready for you? I mean, when do you head over there? Oh, I head there on the 25th. Uh, well, can any country be ready for me ever? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've had my go back to where you came from in many other countries before. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to taking on New Zealand. It's a short tour, though, uh, compared to the really big ones from last year. Uh, it'll be, what, two and a half weeks of good fun in Wellington and Christchurch. Some great cities over there. Enjoy yourself. And, and uh, from an SEM perspective, wrap that you're heading over there, Barak. Can't wait to listen. Can't wait for your insights and appreciate your time and those insights this morning. 
Anytime, Sam. Thank you so much. You have a lovely day. He's a good man, Bharat Sundarason, joining us uh, there. And India v England, by the way, today on the SEN app. You never miss out. And SEN Fanatic as well, thanks to TalkSport and Henley Holmes. The third test underway from, I think, 3 p.m. First ball down the runway over there in India. Henley Mortgage Fund, 1000 bucks a month off your home loan for two years, all backed by Henley's $7 billion parent. Melbourne's weather today, a bit warmer than yesterday, a bit of sun about as well, so top of 22. And this summer, be prepared for extreme weather and sign up for the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify.